This is Husker Sports Network Originals, presented by JTEC Construction, the official exterior experts of Husker Nation. Husker Sports Network Originals tell iconic stories from Husker history, featuring insights from the players and coaches who live them. New Husker Sports Network podcasts will be released every month. Subscribe to Husker Sports Network on your favorite podcast service. And now, Big 8 Border War. Field in Boulder, Colorado. Wish you could be here. Over 50,000 standing, chanting, and bouncing in place. Not only because they are excited about this football game, but to stay warm. And let's go down to the field and get another update on the weather conditions. Here's Adrian Carston. Well, Ron, moments away from kickoff with 12 degrees. What little wind there is has got to feel about eight below down here. The surface, the artificial surface, is frozen rock solid. I mean, it feels like concrete. The standings in the Big 8 Conference. Nebraska and Colorado tied at the top 3-0. And of course, overall in the season, Nebraska 6-1 and Colorado is 5-2. Bill McCartney, Tom Osborne, two in a row for Colorado. Nebraska wants that string to stop, and we are underway. November 2nd, 1991. A pair of top 15 teams face off in sub-freezing temperatures with the Buffaloes just a year removed from a national title. For a rare time in the series, the Huskers are the hunter, not the hunted, and looking for their first win over Colorado in three years. This night has turned into a scene that gives a closer look into the history of the NUCU rivalry, both on and off the field. The officials are being pelted, and the Nebraska players as well. They're in front of the student section. You see those white marks all over the field. A whistle sounding in the stands, and I'd like to request that that whistle be silent. Well, a whistle in the stands. Now we've got whistles, snowballs. The game officials have just issued an official. They are now making an announcement. Bill McCartney is out on the field, and they are appealing to the crowd. In fact, McCartney is out there. You can see him. Those are the white spots I'm talking about, and he is asking the crowd, please don't do that. There now must be, in the end zone, out to the 25, there must be a 100 of those spots. Overtime won't be introduced in college football for another five years, and in unfriendly territory, Nebraska trots onto the frozen field for a field goal attempt in a 1919 tie. At this point, Husker fans are frustrated. Colorado has targeted Nebraska as its rival and completed the mission. Now's a chance to turn the rivalry back in the Big Red's favor, albeit in unfavorable conditions. The Colorado defensive players asking fans to help them out. Byron Bennett from 41 yards to win it. It is blocked. The Colorado Buffalo blocked the field goal attempt of 41 yards. Tell you one thing that I saw that it, that happened in there was snowballs, there was oranges, there was everything, a distraction for the kicker and for the field goal team. It's only a tie, but in the end, still a turning point for Nebraska. The Huskers received the Orange Bowl invite despite tying with Colorado atop the Big 8 standings. There's really hitting going on down in that football field. These two teams are after each other. I know the feelings aren't good, between these two teams and uh, this particular ball game, they are really hitting in this game early. 
But before the stage was set in 91, the story begins 13 years earlier. It's 1978. The Bee Gees are atop the Billboard charts, and Nebraska's led by its sixth-year head coach, Tom Osborne. By finally topping his nemesis, Oklahoma, he's indeed staying alive in Lincoln. Nebraska's won the football game, 17-14. Holy mother, man, woman, and child, isn't that something? And all some Husker fans had grown displeased by Osborne's inability to win the big one. And the pressure mounted again just a week later in a home upset to Missouri. Got a pass, deep, incomplete! Missouri takes over. No flags, there are no flags on the field, and this football game will be over. The clock is counting down, and Missouri has upset the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Meanwhile out west, Big 8 foe Colorado finishes seventh in the conference under fifth-year head coach Bill Mallory, who hasn't been able to sustain momentum in Boulder. At this point, the Huskers have won 17 of their last 18 against the Buffs, and Osborne's undefeated in the series by a combined score of 231-91. The CU game is barely a blip on Nebraska's schedule. In the late 70s, two years before the university cuts five programs, including baseball, Colorado makes a football head coaching change. They fire Mallory, who is just a couple years removed from an Orange Bowl appearance, but only two games over 500 in Big 8 play. The Buffs want more and didn't have to look far to target the in-conference coach who had defeated them six times in a row, including a blowout just weeks before firing Mallory. I thought there was a, a pretty good chance. Uh, Nancy and I got on a plane and went out there, and it was the only job that I ever interviewed for or, or even left Lincoln to look at the facilities. And, and, uh, and the, the motivation behind it was that uh, I had the feeling that people around here uh, were disgruntled. And I talked to the staff, and the staff was unanimous in thinking that I ought to take a look at it. Most of them, I think, felt we ought to go. Today, it seems unbelievable to imagine Tom Osborne donning anything other than scarlet and cream. But when you consider the circumstances and grumblings in Lincoln, Nebraska's eventual living legend coach would give Colorado a long look after the 78 regular season. Media pointed out Osborne was an avid outdoorsman, could enjoy fishing in the mountains, and have less pressure than he was enduring in Lincoln. There were some times when it wasn't so good. We had a couple nine and three seasons where, uh, you know, they weren't about to fire us, but they weren't very pleased. And I think with Bob Devaney's success, uh, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner where a good year is probably 11 wins and, and a 10 win seasons just kind of average. Just down the road from Boulder, the Broncos were only a year removed from a Super Bowl appearance. Colorado also opened the checkbook, reportedly offering a $100,000 a year annual salary a raise from his contract at Nebraska. Osborne would vet his assistants, which included CU alum Charlie McBride, and had their support to look into the job. Colorado track and field coach Dean Brettenham, a former Nebraska assistant and native of Brady, Nebraska, was a link to athletic director Eddie Crowder locking in a visit to Boulder with the 40-year-old Osborne. His wife, Nancy, joined him on the trip shortly after the regular season ended, and he met with buff players. 
Ultimately, players were an overriding factor in the decision process, and in hindsight, a huge sense of relief to Husker fans everywhere. There were some things about it that uh, were very attractive, and then some things that, that uh, really gave me some concern. Osborne would stay in Lincoln, not knowing at the time Colorado would soon become one of his biggest rivals. A second big game on the Big 8 schedule that already included an annual showdown with Switzer's Sooners. But it would be a few more years before Ralphie would run. After Osborne declined the offer, Colorado hired Chuck Fairbanks and struggled to a dismal 8-26 and 26 record over the next three years. For the third time in nine years, the Buffs would make another change, but the third time was a charm, bringing in the man who would invigorate the Nebraska rivalry for years to come, Bill McCartney. If we can have the kind of togetherness that we need, I know that there's enough talent on this football team for us to go out and play anybody in the country on any given day and take it to them. The hiring of McCartney started a time period difficult to see if you only look at Nebraska's dominant series lead. That simply does not tell the full story. McCartney was out to energize the black and gold literally and figuratively. In an unpopular move prior to McCartney's arrival, Colorado had switched to blue uniforms to quote, reflect the Colorado sky at 9,000 feet. End quote. By his third season, the Buffs were back in black and vocally using their eastern neighbor as a measuring stick. Nebraska hadn't lost to CU in nearly 20 years, but in McCartney's fifth season, he notched one of the biggest wins in school history. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. Hatcher doing handstands and throwing the ball up. There it is. Three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. Colorado 20, Nebraska 10. Listen to it. The Buffs had finally toppled the Big Red, and a rivalry was born. The win also posed a bigger problem for the rest of the Big Eight. It wasn't a fluke. Colorado would go on to become one of the nation's top programs in the late 80s and early 90s. The same program that had just one outright Big Eight title in league history would climb all the way to the top and split the next four meetings with Nebraska. The share of the 1990 National Championship and back-to-back -back wins over the Huskers signified CU had passed Nebraska at least for a short time. Osborne was still churning out nine and 10 win seasons, but hadn't won a national championship two decades into his tenure. Unfortunately for Colorado, the 91 tie was a tilting point. And CU's reign atop the Big Eight would be brief. Under Osborne, Nebraska was about to unleash one of the greatest runs in college football history, due in large part to another Husker who turned down Colorado. How about Tommy Frazier? Frazier keeps. Here's Tommy Frazier. Touchdown, Tommy Frazier! Nebraska gained a commitment from high school All-American Tommy Frazier on February 4th, 1992. But prior to picking Nebraska over Clemson and Notre Dame, Frazier had verbally committed to Colorado. 
This was before McCartney had also gained a commitment from future quarterback Coy Detmer, and he told Frazier his future in Boulder would be as a defensive back. Frazier reopened his recruiting process, and just eight months after signing with Nebraska, he'd start his first home game on a big stage against Colorado, of course. Sold out Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. And what a dandy we've got for you this afternoon. The two eighth-ranked teams in the country, the Buffaloes, once tied in the once-beaten Nebraska Cornhuskers set to do battle. It's trick-or-treat time. Whoever can turn the trick and win this game might find the Orange Bowl to be the treat. October 31st, 1992 was a rain-soaked Halloween day featuring one of the loudest, most raucous games in Memorial Stadium history. If Nebraska was going to break the CU spell, it figured to be a slugfest between top 10 teams. That wasn't the case. Frazier takes the snap, gives it on a counter play. Jones runs behind a blocker, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 15, he's gone! Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown! The Huskers blitzed the Buffs to the tune of 52-7 and gave CU a preview of the rest of the decade. The image of Calvin Jones flipping the ball at the goal line, ripping off his helmet, and strutting around the north end zone as NU took a 14-0 lead shows what it meant to Nebraska to take back the rivalry. A lot of frustration was taken out that day. Homecoming 92 has been everything Nebraska had hoped for. This is the worst losing margin for a Colorado team since a Nebraska 69-19 win back in 1983. It just figures, doesn't it? Colorado hadn't lost in their last 25 conference games. The last team to beat them, Nebraska in 88. The last time they've been peppered this hard, Nebraska 83. It has not been a pleasant day for Bill McCartney. Jones rushed for 101 yards, and the freshman Frazier added at 86. A year later, the duo ended Nebraska's Boulder woes with a 21-17 win. Both big victories, but both paling in comparison to CU's next trip to Lincoln in 1994. ABC Sports College Football and the College Football Association present the Big Eight Blockbuster. Number three, Colorado. Number two, Nebraska. The rivals took the national spotlight as top five foes. Only in 1989 had the game matched the two versus three rankings, but this one was happening in Lincoln in the middle of a magical season. Hello, everybody. Keith Jackson. Behind me, Memorial Stadium, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Today, the Cornhuskers will have their 200th consecutive home sellout. It's a string that goes all the way back to 1962. That's a long time. A couple of good reasons for it. One, they win a lot, and the people come to support their team. Today, the unbeaten Colorado Buffaloes are thundering across the plains to take on the undefeated Nebraska Cornhuskers. But it reminds me of that old Roger Miller lyric, you can't roll a skate in a buffalo herd. Well, I would suggest to you that the Cornhuskers intend to find out. The second-ranked buffs were loaded with talent. In fact, 18 of Colorado's starters would go on to play in the NFL. On the other side, Nebraska's best playmaker was out. Frazier battled blood clots throughout the 94 season, and the Huskers handed the keys to back up Brooke Behringer. Against a loaded defense, McCartney said during game week that Behringer may not be able to handle the Buffaloes. But Behringer played his best game as a Husker, and neither CU's number two national ranking nor the number of draft picks 
would matter on this afternoon. First and goal from the three, Barringer takes the snap, cross sweep right side, Clinton Childs, he's going to get in there, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Crowd trying to make it as difficult as possible down there for Stewart. Stewart on the option, down he goes. Number 99, Terry Cornelie. Cornelie blowing up the middle. McCartney had said several times during the week that this is one of the toughest stadiums he's ever seen to play in because the crowd is Barringer finished 12 of 17 through the air with a third quarter touchdown pass to put the Huskers up 24 nothing. The snap to Barringer drops back to throw off the play fake. He's got over there inside the five. Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown to Eric Hoffers! 10 minutes, 42 seconds left. Third quarter of play. Nebraska puts it to the Buffaloes. In 2014, the Boulder Daily Camera wrote. 20 years later, it's almost impossible to fathom that kind of talent ever losing a game. That's why that year's 24-7 loss to Nebraska still ranks as one of the most disappointing losses in CU history, and why that game may be one of the most important crossroads in the history of CU football, one that changed the trajectory of the entire program and the athletic department. A month later, McCartney dropped a bombshell on college football when he announced his retirement after the 10-1 regular season. He was only 54, but cited family reasons for stepping away after his 13th year. Meanwhile, his rival was just getting started, using the momentum of the CU win all the way through New Year's Day. Nebraska will win the national championship. The Cornhuskers beat Miami 24-17 and bring that trophy back to Lincoln. With McCartney gone, Colorado turned to assistant Rick Neuheisel, just 34 years old. The young coach looked to downplay the importance of the Nebraska rivalry, but when top 10 foes met again in 95, he had no choice but to embrace it. The Colorado Buffaloes made their first appearance of the day before the crowd by marching through the crowd. New coach Rick Neuheisel wanted his team to get involved, put them in amongst the nectar of enthusiasm. And so he walked them down through the crowd and into the stadium. This is the same fellow who said he was trying to debut Nebraska Week. The 95 Huskers arrived in Boulder ranked number two and eyeing another national championship. Husker fever was through the roof. Even Michael Jordan, who was playing an exhibition game back in Lincoln, was overwhelmed by Husker hype. I don't know. UNC. 1.30 is kickoff CU in Nebraska. It will be packed at Folsom Field, and a lot of people here in Boulder are counting on a buff victory. Colorado was one of four top ten opponents Nebraska faced in 1995, and despite Neuheisel looking to take a different approach, the Huskers knew from meetings past what they were up against in Boulder. I heard it's a nasty place to play. Do you look forward to that? Very much so. Why? I like rude crowds. I feel if a crowd is rude, then they must know that they're in for a thrashing. I back Clinton Childs was right. The hoopla in the stands, both from CU's team entrance and the stirred-up crowd, wouldn't last long. The first play will be a speed option by Tommy Frazier out of that new look. And the cornerbacks are pressing the wideouts. Tommy under center takes the snap, speed option left side, tosses out. And it is green, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. He goes to the 20, the 15. He's going to go for the touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown.
touchdown! Striking quickly in Boulder was the norm for the Huskers. In six games at Folsom Field from 1989 to 1999, Nebraska scored on its first play from scrimmage four times. In 95, Green's run helped the Huskers cruise to a 44-21 win. Frazier improved to 3-0 against the Buffaloes and delivered one of the most memorable plays of his career in the second quarter. The Heisman candidate was never sacked in his senior season behind the pipeline, though the Buffaloes came as close as anyone. Tommy under center on first down, fakes the stretch play, sets up to throw. He is going to throw the ball, complete to Amon Green inside the 30, 25, got a block, 25, 15, inside the 10-yard line. Tommy Frazier paid the price big time. He may have just won the Heisman Trophy. Tommy Frazier, a half count away from being sacked, got that ball off, I'll never know how. NU steamrolled its way to the national championship with arguably the best team in college football history. 25 straight wins for the Cornhuskers. One of the most dominating stretches in college football history. We may have seen one of the best teams in the history of college football tonight. Husker Sports Network Originals are presented by Jade Tech Construction, the official exterior experts of Husker Nation. Find out more about this great Husker partner at jtechconst.com. Now, back to Big 8 Border War. Nineteen ninety-six was the dawn of a new era. With the formation of the Big 12 Conference, the annual showdown against Colorado moved to Thanksgiving weekend. The first ever North Division title was up for grabs when the fourth-ranked Huskers defeated the fifth-ranked Buffs 17-12 on a rainy afternoon in Lincoln. The classic matchup is overshadowed today, partly due to Nebraska's upset at the hands of Texas in the inaugural Big 12 championship game. But for the NUCU rivalry, it would also begin a streak of close calls with the Buffaloes, even though Neuheisel's program was about to regress. Nebraska had already wrapped up the Big 12 North title in 97, and like Colorado with its fifth down a few years earlier, the Huskers used a miracle in Missouri to keep its own national championship hopes alive. Cross to the middle, juggle, diamond touchdown Nebraska! Davison on the deflection! The cliche in many rivalries is, throw the records out the door. Although Colorado was just 5-5, five and five, ruining Nebraska's perfect season would be satisfaction enough for some Buffs fans. But early in the 97 game, Scott Frost became the first Husker quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards in a season, and Nebraska was rolling. But this is Scott Frost running it into the end zone for a touchdown. He looks like an old-fashioned tailback. He is. I mean, it's exactly what he is. Scott Frost has just had an outstanding season. The Huskers led 27-10 in the fourth quarter, but a furious Folsom Field rally put Nebraska's national championship hopes in serious jeopardy. Here's Stickers. Touchdown. Here they come. Hester's pass. Touchdown. That's why you play them. It's a three-point ball game with two minutes and 37 seconds to play. 
The black shirts finally stopped the bleeding when CU came up three yards short on fourth down with seconds remaining. John Hessler under center, takes the snap, retreats, looking, rifles a pass up the field, and a catch by Savoy, tries to stiff arm his way, and fights to get out of bounds. He didn't get the first down. The Huskers will take over the football. They hold off Colorado, the Huskers 27, Colorado 24. Despite the close call, the Huskers regrouped to pound Big 12 South champion Texas A&M the following week, just before Osborne announced his retirement. He finished 21-3-1 against Colorado, the final victory helping set the stage for his memorable finale. Frost keeps, Frost, touchdown! Only fitting that it would end with a victory and perhaps a national championship for Tom Osborne, who leaves us with 255 wins. With Osborne and McCartney both retired, 1998 featured Neuheisel versus first-year head coach Frank Solich. It would be the only meeting between the two as Nebraska edged Colorado 16-14. After the season, Neuheisel left the Buffs for Washington, and Colorado hired Northwestern's Gary Barnett, a former CU assistant under McCartney who was well accustomed to the border rivalry. Nebraska was strong again in 1999, rolling into Boulder ranked number three. Colorado was bull eligible at six and four, but looking for a marquee upset in Barnett's first year. Just like Nebraska in 1991, Colorado had a chance to kick a field goal to upset their rival. Just like 1991, the upset bid fell just short. And now the clock will wind down. They're gonna put it on the foot of Jeremy Aldridge to try to win it from 34 for the win. Kick on the way, he missed it. We're going to overtime. Unbelievable. And a huge sigh of relief in Lincoln and all over the state of Nebraska. Future Heisman Trophy winner Eric Crouch snuck in the game-winning touchdown in overtime for a 33-30 win, and the Huskers went on to defeat Texas in the Big 12 championship game. It was Solich's best team, finishing second and third in the national polls with a 12-1 record. The four Nebraska-Colorado games between 1997 and 2000 were decided by a combined 10 points. Trailing by one with less than a minute left in 2000, Crouch got the Huskers into field goal range with seconds remaining. A year before, Colorado missed its chance in the same scenario, but Josh Brown, made sure history didn't repeat itself. A 29-yard field goal attempt by Josh Brown from the near hash mark. The step, the ball is down, the kick is up, it's long enough, it is good! Oh, the Huskers win it on the last play of the game on a field goal by Josh Brown, 34-32 over Colorado. It was another close call, but another win to make it nine in a row for Nebraska. As the Huskers dogpiled, Gary Barnett threw his fist in frustration. Colorado had flirted with upsets for four straight years and couldn't get over the mountain. But it all came crashing down in 2001 on what's simply known to Husker fans as Black Friday. Barnett had flipped a three-win team a year earlier to the top 15 
Meanwhile, Nebraska had dubbed 2001 as the run for the Roses. Crouch was running his way to the Heisman Trophy in an undefeated season. That put number two Nebraska at number 14 Colorado on November 23, 2001. It would go down as one of the most disappointing days in Husker history. Frustration of nine straight losses and numerous close calls all came pouring out this afternoon in Boulder. The Denver Post summarized it. For the thousands of Colorado football fans who watched the Buffaloes deal the hated Nebraska Cornhuskers a crushing 62-36 defeat, sweet victory made the drought seem almost bearable. Overshadowed was Crouch's 162 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Enough for voters to elect him the Heisman Trophy winner two weeks later. And due to some good luck, including Colorado's upset of Texas, the Huskers found themselves at number two in the BCS standings. They'd play for the national championship, but face a much too talented Miami team in the Rose Bowl. The 2001 season won't be forgotten by either program. Some believe it was the beginning of the downfall of Nebraska football, though the Huskers would soon regain the edge in the rivalry. Like Nebraska, Colorado regressed after 2001, but the Thanksgiving weekend clash stayed strong and interesting for a variety of reasons. Where long-tenured legends Osborne and McCartney once roamed the sidelines, three straight meetings in Boulder from 2003 to 2007 would include head coaches on their way out, providing context and storylines not often seen in the series. Solich had taken over for Osborne in 1998 and was just 3-2 and two against Colorado through five matchups. After struggling to a 7-7 seven and seven record following the Rose Bowl, he was the center of attention for one of the most memorable Nebraska-Colorado matchups of all time. In his sixth season, he'd rebounded from the 500 record and took an 8-3 Husker team to Boulder on November 28, 2003. Rumors swirled about Solich's job security, but many thought a ninth win, not to mention in the setting from the forgettable 2001 matchup, may save his job. ABC's Keith Jackson called his final Nebraska game ever. The legendary broadcaster called numerous Husker games over the years, mostly against rivals like Colorado and Oklahoma on Thanksgiving weekend. Although he retired three years later, the late Jackson was on hand for the end of an era. Gordon Metal down there, it's a big man wide open, and he's on his way to the end zone. Matt Hurley in the tight end, the leading receiver of this football team. This is Lloyd carrying on a sweep, and he's in there. Touchdown, Nebraska. Third down on four. Intercepted. Hollowell stepped back, picked it off, and he goes down at the six-yard line. Nebraska has defeated Colorado here in Boulder by a score of 31 to 22, and it's just a matter of the time uh, taken away. And uh, pretty much a full stadium here at Folsom Field today. On a sunny day, cool, yes, but it's supposed to be. It is, after all, the last weekend in November. The rivalry game this time will go to Nebraska.
With stakes high and numerous off-field distractions, Husker players douse Solich with Gatorade on Folsom Field. The next day, Athletic Director Steve Peterson fired Solich. The Huskers finished the 2003 season 10-3. Nebraska still held an NCAA record streak of 35 straight bowl games, entering 2004 when Colorado notched a second straight win in Lincoln. After new head coach Bill Callahan said it was only one game, one season, no one could have predicted the swing in emotion that would come in 2005. Winners of three of the last four in the series, Colorado was a two-touchdown favorite on its home field and looking to carry momentum into the Big 12 championship game. Denver native Corey Ross and the Huskers had other ideas. Third and two quick toss. What a kick by Ross from Denver, Colorado to the end zone in Boulder. Touchdown, Huskers. Nebraska faces second and 10 at the Buffalo 22-yard line. They spread out the offense again. Taylor with his team out front, 20-3, gets the shotgun snap. The protection holds. He lets it go into the end zone. Swift has it. Touchdown, Nebraska. When Nebraska shocked the black and gold, Memories of old Folsom Field came out in an ugly scene. We have a couple more things thrown from that student section. We have about five, six things now thrown. And they're throwing water bottles and other projectiles down. I don't know what the referee's talking about. He's talking about clearing out a section, perhaps. You have a feeling that you're you're on the verge of a very ugly situation. I mean, this is ugly, but exactly. I mean, you got a feeling that it's worse. He's involving all the security people now. And Cooper Casperi, I think, is telling Gary Barnett, I might clear out that whole section. Nebraska fans chanting, let's go Huskers, and the officials have stopped the game. What an embarrassment. This is an unbelievable scene right now. The Nebraska fans going crazy. On the other side of the field, you have half the Colorado fans are standing there like, what's going on? The student section is is throwing every, uh, all kinds of things onto the field. I mean, this is a, an unbelievable atmosphere right now. The dominant 30-3 win was a high point of the Callahan era. And just as Colorado took credit for Nebraska's downfall after 2001, the Huskers could now do the same. The Buffs limped into the Big 12 championship game and were trounced by Texas 70-3 before a third straight loss in the bowl game. That was just the beginning, as the university forced Barnett to resign, more so the fallout of an ugly recruiting scandal than the blowout losses to Nebraska and Texas. Colorado would only defeat Nebraska one more time, Callahan's final game in 2007 before his firing, and the Buffs would endure 10 straight losing seasons following Barnett. Defensive coordinator in Silich's final win at Colorado Bo Pelini returned to Nebraska in 2008 as head coach. Pelini rejuvenated a program that surrendered 65 points in Boulder a year earlier. His first meeting with Colorado is one of the most memorable games in series history and Memorial Stadium history. The underdog buffs, led by third-year head coach Dan Hawkins, shocked the Memorial Stadium crowd by taking a four-point lead into the fourth quarter. It looked as if Pelini's first season may end on a sour note when Nebraska's last-ditch effort rested on the foot of sophomore kicker Alex Henry. Hold your breath here on this one. Senior T.J. O'Leary to snap it. Senior Jake Wash to put it down. Alex Henry to try to put the Huskers in front with a minute 50 left in the game. Ball right on the end. The snap is down. The kick is up. The kick is Get on that. its way. And the kick is good. Seven yards out of the sky.
school record to put the Huskers in front, 33-31. Wow, this place is on their feet. I haven't seen Memorial Stadium like this in quite some time, fellas. What a moment. Pandemonium ensued at Memorial Stadium and continued just a few minutes later. Second and 10, Hawkins in the gun gets a snap. Sets, throws, batted down, intercepted, and double can Sue. Sue to the 20, 15, Hawkins traps him, knocks him, touchdown Sue. And can Sue, second touchdown of the year. Well, how far this program has come in 12 months from a dejected, worn-out team in Boulder a year ago to the coaching change to the elation that is being felt in the stadium right now. Once again, despite different stakes and no single-digit rankings, the rivalry delivered. It also catapulted Nebraska into the Gator Bowl, where the Huskers upset Clemson to complete a nine-win season. The 2009 Huskers had already won the Big 12 North when they defeated Colorado and Boulder the following year. But unknown to all, it would be the last meeting in Boulder for the foreseeable future. Nebraska and Colorado had shared a conference since 1948. Now the two schools would be the first to move in the early stages of conference realignment. Conference chaos is in overdrive tonight. The first domino to fall in the Big 12, Colorado. The Big 12 now has only 11 members, guys, and several more could be fleeing soon. An historic couple of days in college athletics, and we're far from done yet. Colorado taking the first step today. Buffalo is officially accepting the invitation to join the Pac-10. We continue to follow this late breaking news. Nebraska, University of Nebraska, has just now petitioned to join the Big Ten. As you know, Colorado made that jump yesterday to the Pac-10. This is all part of what may be a breakup of the Big 12. We have been following this story now for days. It occurred on back-to-back -back days in June 2010. Colorado first, then Nebraska. Two schools looking for security in a shaky Big 12 conference but two schools leaving behind rivalries and memories. One matchup remained, November the 26th, 2010 in Lincoln. For over 60 years, Nebraska and Colorado have met as bitter rivals in the American heartland. A matchup filled with last second thrills. Round for the win, the kick is up. Monumental upsets. Touchdown! Six! Six touchdowns for Brown! After today, these two proud programs will separate for the first time since 1948. All that remains of this historic showdown is the final Big 12 game at Memorial Stadium. Nebraska needed a victory to win the Big 12 North, while Colorado had already fired Hawkins in the middle of another losing season. The Huskers prevailed easily, running the all-time series record to Nebraska, 49, Colorado, 18, with two ties at the end of an era. It's exactly 500 miles from Lincoln to Boulder, further than it is to Norman, Columbia, or Manhattan. Colorado's always had an established in-state rival, and Nebraska always had Oklahoma. But the right people, in the right circumstances, shaped Nebraska-Colorado into a rivalry neither fan base had experienced and one neither fan base will forget. And we are about to begin the Battle of Boulder 1995. The team that has won this game the last six years has gone on to the Orange Bowl. He's rampaging, 
out to north, up the Nebraska sideline, and hopefully into the trailer. See you beat Nebraska, says Ralphie's blanket. Now here come the Cornhuskers. Yes, listen to this boy. It's been raining hard, but that will not stop the baseball. Second place Nebraska against third place Colorado. The crowd is delirious. Who that you can beat the Buffaloes? Who that? Who that? Who that we can beat the Buffaloes? So long, Buffaloes. Oscar's ahead 14-7, and a bootleg on the left side off the play fake. Tommy throws the ball down the right side. Pleasure Johnson, it's complete inside the 25, the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. It's a touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, Cluster Johnson! Receivers both ways for Colorado. They go to the shotgun on second down and 10. The snap back to Oates, looking right. Right for the pass, picked up by Carlos Pope. He's at the 30, 25, 20, Pope to the 15, he's to the 10, and he's going to score! This play to shut Colorado down and send them back into Boulder. Fourth man, seven yards to go. After Stewart takes the game, wants to throw. They got it. They got it back in the 50-yard line. It was Dante Jones and Eddie Stewart. Well, another tough day for Cordell Stewart. Cordell could write a book about the tough days against Nebraska Cornhuskers. How'd you like to be selling liquid and Lincoln tonight, Ken? You retire tomorrow. They called Tommy Frazier and said Tommy will pull up to Colorado. He ends up in Nebraska and he's kind of in a nightmare for him today. Bootleg right. Frazier to throw the ball. He's got Dixon deep. Dixon at the 30, the 25. Great move. 20, 15. He's going to score to the 5. Touchdown. 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 And motion to the right side goes Wistrom. Here's Crouch pitching the ball to Dan Alexander. Speaks to the right side to the 50. 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. What a way to strike the football game! Right for a pass, wide open, all for a touchdown. Right in. Colorado defense kept creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. All of a sudden, there it was. 30 to three at Colorado. Nebraska rolls in. A 17-point underdog coming into this game at kickoff time, but they deal. A debilitating defeat to Colorado. When Bill McCartney was the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes and coached them some of their greatest heights, he always wanted Nebraska to be the last game of the season. It could be a great rivalry game, and the alignment in the Big 12 Conference has made it so. First and goal about two feet away from the Colorado goal line. Nebraska with a chance to go to the championship game. They are there! Touchdown! The Buffaloes take over just inside their own 30-yard line. Play fake to Barnes. Machete trying to throw, and it's intercepted. Picked off by Clint Finley down the sideline. Finley over the top of the quarterback. Touchdown. Going up on top. Has a man. He's caught by Boston. Touchdown, Nebraska. 27-yard line of Colorado. The backfield is stacked in the eye. Let's see what they do here. Here is the option left by Eric Crouch. He's to the 25. Crouch to the 20. 10, 5. He's gone. Touchdown. Kicks another one away, a low kick. Niles Paul grabs it at the Husker, 42. Gets upfield, he's to midfield, 40, 30-yard line. Niles Paul to the 20, 15, 10, 5, yes! Touchdown, Nebraska! This is an attempt of 57 yards. Does he have enough? Is it long enough? He got it! Here's Boy Detmer dropping straight back in the pocket. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! 
side. A toss back to Burkhead. He may look to throw the football. He is. Throws it down the field looking for Kinney. He makes a catch. Touchdown, Nebraska. And that's going to end it. And Nebraska's time of the Big 12 Conference in the regular season comes to an end with this win here tonight. 45-17 over Colorado. Nebraska sends the Buffy packing back to Boulder. It was this week's game of the century. And it goes to Nebraska. This has been a Husker Sports Network original. Produced by Brandon Grice and narrated by Nate Rohr. With audio from ESPN, ABC Sports, KOA News Radio, and the Big Ten Network. Subscribe to Husker Sports Network podcast so you don't miss our next episode, as well as other great features presented by JTech Construction.